Yeah. Like, a, you know, I was going to try to weave in the whole tomato thing to explain statistics for people. You know, where it's oh, like uh, strength is how hard you can throw a tomato. Dexterity is how fast you can dodge a tomato. Constitution is how much it hurts when a tomato hits you. Intelligence is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put tomato in a fruit salad. And charisma is being able to sell fruit salad with tomato in it. and I'm the host tonight of the board game Chinwag, uh, putting back hosting boots, which I haven't worn for a very long time. Uh, but luckily, I've been joined by some other people who will know what they're talking about, and those people go by the name of G-Money. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good. And of course, Dave Gard. How are you, mate? Good evening. Uh, and joining me in the the corner of not having a clue what we're talking about is Shane. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm fantastic and worried. Yeah, well, so the reason I don't know what I'm talking about is because tonight we're going to be chatting. We are going to talk about board games, but initially we're going to talk about uh, RPG games. And Shane and I, I don't have a lot to offer, so I suggested I'd host so I can ask questions and then shut up. Uh, so that's kind of my plan. Um, so we'll just kick straight off. Uh, RPG games. Uh, tell me first. Um, let's go with a real easy question straight off the bat. Your most memorable RPG experience. Um, I played a lore bard once in Dungeons and Dragons, and um, I destroyed the entire world. Okay. So, yep. so hang on. So what is What's a lore bard? What, what lore bard? Yeah. So a uh, bard is a class you can play in Dungeons and Dragons. It's like a musician, right? Yeah, pretty much. And everyone hates them. No, everyone loves them when I play them. <laughs> and um, a lore bard is more knowledgeable, so they know more about magic and stuff like that. And um, it was a campaign centered around angels and demons had been locked out of the plane of existence. Um, they couldn't interfere on the actual material plane. And I got a relic that I really shouldn't have been able to get control of, which allowed me to control angels and bring them over to the plane. And uh, yeah, I detonated it and put a big hole in the world. Fair enough. <laughs> and that was the end of the campaign. <laughs> There'll be no more D and D this year, kids. No. <laughs> it's one of those things that sort of like stays with you. There's a, there's so many memorable moments that I have, and a lot of them are not super appropriate for recorded audiences. But I think <laughs> one of my favourite characters that we had was it was a guy called Jesus, but he was absolutely convinced that he was Jesus. So I would go around <laughs> and and assume that people like try and convert people to Christianity in my own name. So I got flyers made up and I was handing out flyers <laughs> in character going, Oh, have you heard the good word of me? Um, <laughs> and we also had a character in that campaign called Max Fightmaster, who was an ex special forces guy and his, his talent was exploding toilets <laughs> with poop. As, yeah, as, he, as he all special forces them. learn. Um, in their training. Yeah. yeah, that was a system called Badass that we used yep. to play. Yep. Yeah. Um, we also had another game of Badass where DG played an arms dealer yep. and he literally dealt in arms. So he'd pull his own arms off and put <laughs> new ones on. And get superpowers based and on whoever's arms they were. Uh, brilliant. And I played a reincarnated 
actor from a major film franchise <laughs> who, who had made a de- who had made a deal with all the angels of the um, movie industry to come back and right a wrong, which was pretty cool. Mm. So and Dan Dan played Portuguese Batman because mm. he could actually talk in Portuguese. Portuguese. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was not to be trifled with. No. <laughs> so you think that, regular you, Batman's bad? You uh, you brought up something there which uh, I'd like to dive into because when I hear RPGs, I think D and D. Yep. But uh, and you guys sound like you play together a fair bit, but there's plenty of other RPG systems out there. You want to sort of go over what you've done and how they differ? Yeah, absolutely. So Badass is a really sort of cut down, streamlined version of a role play game. It's it's not built for people who want a deep strategy rule experience. The rule book is about twelve pages long, whereas D and D has three core books that are nearly three four hundred pages each. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. That's about as far uh, as I got with D and D. Those books are on my shelf. <laughs> I've played a couple of Star Wars systems here and there. Yeah, right. Which are really good. Um, they sort of share a number of sort of points from Dungeons Dragons. You know, characteristics, stats, classes those kind of things, but it sort of works in the Star Wars systems, which is obviously pretty cool if you like Star Wars. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I, and I ran one, so Fantasy Flight actually put out a system called Genesis, and the system itself is very adaptable and flexible to whatever you want to do. So they, they rule book is actually quite broad, but they've published then um, specific material books for each type of genre that you want to do. Like there's a fantasy one, there's a sci-fi one, and it's based on their existing stuff. So you can do like an Android Netrunner based sci-fi RPG oh, cool. using their rule set. So it's an interesting crossover with some of the sort of board game IP. And then in the descriptions and examples of it, it's all Twilight Imperium characters and things. Yeah, so right. build it in that sort of environment. Steve, you mentioned that, you know, you, like a lot of other people, probably have all the books, but remain on the shelves. Mm. Um, It's an interesting point because based on, you know, what I've done over the years, it's a very different experience playing like a role play game um, because you can't really simply just do it, even if you want to. Um, It requires, uh, similar to when you play Dungeons Dragons, they talk about the three pillars of Dungeons Dragons, which is combat social interaction and exploration in my mind to do it in real life you kind of need similar you need three things so first you need a really committed and talented dungeon master or game master someone to run it (laughs) i've been lucky to play with some amazing dms uh the general luscious luke aussie dan bp an amazing guy with the best russian accent you'll ever hear (laughs) and of course the legendary matt bonner So they are really the cornerstone of the game. Second, then you need a mix, in my opinion, you need a mix of new and older players. All right, okay. The the older players, you know, they've played it enough that they know what works. So they just get stuck in, sometimes you can get stuck in this sort of stale route of doing, I'm going to be another law bard, or I'm going to be a paladin because I know how cool they are, right? But Mm. new players bring in that sort of, that sense of wonder and those unique, fresh ideas that sort of, when mixed together with the experienced players, creates a really good base to have fun with. Yeah. And third, you need to show up, <laughs> which yeah. on the regular, which is really difficult it's probably these the days. Of the three, right? Yeah. Yeah. So look, it sounds daunting, and I don't want to make it appear that like it's hard and never done. And it's it's a tricky recipe, but when cooked right, 
in my opinion, will give you one of the best meals in gaming you can get. Well, I, I have actually experienced a Dungeons and Dragons night. I think Dave, you'd organised. Do you remember what was the guy's name? Yeah, it was, it was Christian. Christian from um, Hermes D and D came along, and so you know he lives in the same suburb, and we had a bit of a catch up and brought him along. So he's a professional DM. He actually will. Uh, do parties or organize DM wow, cool. activities for money. So you can hire him to come and run a, a session. He came along and look, I must admit that was the first time I've experienced it. And uh, it was a bit awkward at first because, you know, everyone was going into character and I'd never experienced that before because I'm, you know, so straight laced and I, I wasn't used to hearing all these people actually go into character. Yeah. And, um, but then I came home. <laughs> this is my one and only ad for tonight on rpgs i came home and i was trying to explain it to to my fantastic best friend lauren and lovely wife and uh i mentioned the word dm to her and hmm. i said all right <laughs> <laughs> and she said what's a dm i said it's a dungeon master and she went never ever mention that word to me again you have just killed my lady boner <laughs> i hope this doesn't awaken anything in me yeah. <laughs> and uh and i pre-warned her tonight i may mention this and uh she said oh no she said that's probably one of the memorable moments of being you having a conversation about anything board gaming was when you started mentioning dungeon master to me and she said never do i want to hear that come out of your out of your mouth again so <laughs> uh it's funny shane because my I've, I've got i've got two rpg experiences and they're both not very great uh, I shouldn't say they're not very great. I had a great time um, knowing nothing of what I was doing. I went to a one-shot once at Vault Games when I was visiting Brisbane and um, I just went in and I was trying to get some info because I was, my kids were getting into d and well, wanted to get into D&D. So my theory was I'll go and do a, go down there and then I'll have a bit of an idea on how to be a DM and, a way, and then I'll go back home and I'll run a session for them. Um, but yeah, this one-shot, I got given this character that was a robot and um, so I read the, read the sheet and tried to get a bit of an idea of what this robot was all about and all that sort of stuff. And the game started. And when I went to speak, I just spoke like me. And everyone's like, no, you're a robot. I'm like, like I'm not doing a robot voice. <laughs> I, 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 don't know, I, I don't have that in me to just go that fully into character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of that, I just said, well, I'm just one of those really good robots who has a perfect human-like voice. Um, and that's I'm just running with that. And it was funny because I got home in the motel and I was like, I had a great time and I bet you everyone else was at a table has gone, what an idiot. Like all he had to do was put on a robot voice. He's just ruined it for all of us because I just didn't take part like they were. Yeah, no, and I, I still had a great time. Um, I think uh, in the end, I, I think I died but then came back to life. I think I was swimming around in a whale's stomach at some point and uh, I got spat back out and came out and I ended up the last dice roll to actually destroy some kind of mega witch that ended up winning winning us the game in the last, you know, in the last roll. So, um, look, I really enjoyed it and um, recommend anyone to do it, uh, but just don't recommend anyone mention uh, Dungeon Master to their wives. 
but it's one of those things it's almost a hobby in itself like you can you know collect the books and you can get the dice and you can be you know a dungeon master i know um christian from hermes the guy mentioned he makes his own terrain so he makes it a very uh, in 3d interactive experience um but one of the best games i've ever played was uh, a guy called jared and he just had a pad and some uh, beads with people like initials on them and so that would be your character you'd he'd sort of draw up a bit of a sketch of where we were what we were doing and move the beads around um but you can play it super seriously and aggressively competitively in a thing called adventurers league which is like competitive D at tournaments that runs through really? stores yeah um and they follow the the rules of the book to the letter and there's you know wow about rules lawyering all that sort of thing like similar to what you'd find in any sort of competitive game um right down to total mark around homebrew systems that people just write up stuff and there's i know there's a facebook group that just started in brisbane called casual rpg gamers and i think as g money pointed out one of the hardest parts of it is actually getting people together on the regular and actually doing it so Mm. this group specializes in just turn up just do it once see if you like it if you don't like it don't come back if you do do something different next time like there's a lot to try um and and as you mentioned see we we've tried a lot of systems and we've done a lot of process like a lot of um different gaming types and i think i me personally i think about 10 different rule sets and structures i think gee you'd be somewhere in that vicinity as well Mm, i don't know (laughs) i don't keep track But we say we say that it's difficult to get into stuff, right? But yeah. right now, it's probably more accessible than ever because of things like DG was saying. Like, you know, there are organized places that you yes. can go and sign up that have a bit more of a approach to it of, okay, we're looking for people. Um, you know, we can take them in. Uh, there's a lot of... And there's also a thing with, like, personalities don't click on the in gaming. Like, people can really mm. annoy you. Um but equally, there are so many like uh, web series like Critical Role yeah. that you can just watch Critical Role and scratch mm. that itch of playing Dungeons and Dragons, and it's fantastic. Um, and Critical Role's been turned into an animated TV show now. So what's what's Critical Role, mate? I've so if you've not heard of Matt Mercer before, he is a pr- pretty much the holy incarnate of Dungeons and Dragons as a dungeon master. And he and him, he's a voice actor, and a bunch of his voice actor friends started playing Dungeons and Dragons and recording it for Twitch mm. probably about six to eight years ago now. Mm. And um, they have done three full campaigns. Uh, each episode goes for at least three hours, and there's yeah. over 100 episodes in each campaign. Holy heck. So if uh... you want something to keep you occupied, <laughs> you mm. can just lock into that, and it is amazing stuff. And, I think uh, yeah, that'd the... be interesting because I, I I don't like watching. I don't love watching board game playthroughs. Like I, I'm very picky and choosy with watching like live plays of board games. But you're right. I think it like a, a RPG would be a different experience to sit just sit down and watch because you, can, you like the whole point is to get immersed in the story, mm. right? Yep. And yeah, Matt right. Mercer is a professional voice actor. And he runs through, he can run through 40 different character voices in a single episode. Yeah, right. It's, he's an amazing, amazing DM. So if you've, if you've not watched it, um, the, 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 the animated TV show is amazing. It's on Prime. 
Oh, uh, really? Vox, it's called Vox Machina, The Adventures of Vox Machina. Right. So that's another way you might be able to, you know, if you're trying to get into it, try that. And then, yeah, there's heaps of places you can go. It's scary, so, though. So People. where's Critical Role, mate? Is that on uh, YouTube? Uh, YouTube. YouTube? For free. Okay. Yep. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Uh, so yeah. back back when you were telling your story about uh, blowing up the whole world, mm-hmm. G-Money, you talked about your lore bard. Yep. Would you consider that the best character that you've had in an RPG? And if, if not, what explain your best character that you played? So that lore bard did that. I'm currently playing in another campaign with another lore bard, and I'm doing even better in this campaign. No, no, no end of worlds yet? Oh, it's happening. <laughs> I've actually started scheming against the party. Oh. Like, oh, I'm doing stuff behind the party's back. And they're starting to get suspicious of me. Do we do we do spoiler alert or? So, yes, some people will hear this and go, ah, then they're going to attack me probably. No one, no one listens. It's fine. Yeah, that's um, true. So, I, I don't even. I'm intrigued listen. though. Like, okay, so if you're doing things, like, how does that work? Because you're all sitting around a table, you got a DM yep. running it. How Have you ever you seen the side story bit? Like, did you watch the episode of Community about the Dungeons and Dragons? Has anybody seen that one? No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that's you split the party, and sometimes, like a real quality DM, if you got the time and space, will actually separate people and have different bits going at different times. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. Right. So, for example, at the end of the previous session, um, we'd fought a dragon in a dungeon. Oh my goodness! It's wow! Up. It's in the title, um, <laughs> and I cast a spell called Teleportation Circle, which teleports a bunch of people to another location. I didn't go through the teleportation circle. Uh, I then did a whole camp. I did a whole session with myself and the DM while they did a session by themselves. And now we're aligning back up. Bizarre. And and other ways that we've done it. So like uh, Troy's run some campaigns in the past where it's very active by email. So mm-hmm. we'll have the actual in-person session where everybody sort of gets together and that's like big set pieces stuff. But in between, we do a lot of emails back and forth. And really? some some people in our party are very, very active in that. And they'll have like probably 20 to 40 emails in between sessions about all the stuff that they're doing and what their character's up to. Bloody um, hell. And flush it out. So, yeah, everybody... And that's that's the beauty of roleplay. Everybody gets into it in different ways. You can just turn up once and you know say some funny things and having a good time, but you can get really into it and be in love with your character and just be like, mm. think about it all the time. And it's shocking to me because, you know, you get that, you get that sort of image of, you know, basement dwelling people who play this game locked away and stuff like that. But some of the most successful people that I know, mm. the most intelligent people I know play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And so they got really a love it. Of- like famous people that have yeah joe um sophia viagra's husband joe megliano manganello manganello um yeah he he is like the dm for hollywood yeah right and i heard a story they were like um this is how prepared this guy is uh you turn into a raccoon and he goes which one of these 30 raccoon models that i've painted would you like to use (laughs) (laughs) that's that's it like he plays with like the big show and those two dudes that mangled Game of Thrones and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> uh, well, so it's funny. Like I've I've met a few people along the way. Tanya, a girl that I used to, my, my wife used to work with in Cloncurry. Uh, I was talking to her about it a bit because we were going to try and get a D and D club running up at the school, and um, 
I was chatting to her and she was telling me about her group. It was her, her husband, this other guy who worked at the council. I think that was it. There might've been another one. I'm not sure. But she was telling the story of what they get up to. And I'm listening and I'm like, this sounds awesome. And then I just kept on thinking, hang on, are you talking about like real life or are you talking about it in the RPG? Because like, it's like, oh, we'll catch up at the pub and we'll have a bit of a yarn and then, you know, then we'll decide to go off and do something, do a quest. I'm like, okay, so is the pub, like, are you actually meeting at the pub or is <laughs> the pub in your world? Or And, and like, and yeah, you know, she was really angry, like her and her husband, they'd just been married and yeah, very, very much in love. But she was telling me how angry she was with him because he was going to try and ruin it all. I'm like, what? So he's just not turning up. She's like, no, 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 in the thing. Like, it's, so I just, that, that, like, people just are, when they talk about it even, are fully in that world. Mm. It's, uh, it's fascinating. Oh, oh, you can make an enemy for life in that yeah. stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, be careful. You don't muck around with the wrong person. Like, And then you need to end the campaign if things go too badly. like mm. it, it becomes down to how good the DM is to be able to extricate it because you know, I've, I've been a part of some groups that have permanently damaged friendships based on activities that happened You're kidding. in in the group yeah. yeah so like somebody thought somebody was being too mean to their character and they stopped talking to them as a real yeah. person yeah dg and i were never the same again yeah. <laughs> wow actually Fuck you, man. Fuck you. i think yeah actually <laughs> now that you say that dg i'm fairly sure i could be could be making this up but i'm pretty sure she said that they ended up having to kill him kill her husband in the story I knew that was in the story. I knew that was in real life. And <laughs> <laughs> so you see the news the next day. That, you're got, like, yeah. that got real dark. Oh. That got real dark. D and D goes bad. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like and he he was filthy that that happened. But everyone else in the group was like, "This needs to happen." Mm. So yeah. yeah, and sometimes that happens. Like you know, one of the my most memorable campaigns. It was actually set in the Warhammer Forty Thousand universe, and it was one of the early ones that that Troy did. We've been doing it for a few years. So my character was based on, I don't know if anybody's read The Dark Tower, but Roland the Gunslinger. So basically I had two pistols and I was a walking tank and walking around with pistols. But some of the other people in the party were infected by the dark gods and so they started doing dark evil stuff. So there was a couple of us that were trying to be good and a couple that were trying to be evil. And Troy managed to walk this line of having us interact together as a group with half of us trying to do completely different objectives. Yeah, wow. Um, and it got down to the point, I think, was it G-Money, your character got killed by teabagging? Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Too soon, DG. Yeah. And then we had the dreaded TPK. Uh, yeah. Uh... Yep. A, a TPK, total party kill. And uh, yeah, everybody died and that was the end. By teabagging? Everyone died by teabagging? That was no. just for me. No, I'm pretty sure I got like flat murdered, being shot in the face. Yeah. By a bad guy. Yeah. I hope you clarified that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. G-Money so, did die from teabagging, though. Yeah, that is 100% fantastic. true. Fantastic. Like, imagine that on a tombstone. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just it was a, a demon. Just do a like, visual it so it's easy to understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's another thing. Like, there's a lot of industry around, especially D&D. It's got a lot of characters and the, the law is very established. So you can actually buy the miniatures. Um, and you can actually, like as G said, you can paint them up. You can have actual characters of your character that you yeah. interact and do stuff with. It, mm. it just depends on how visceral you want the experience to be and how prepared everybody is to invest and, you know, organize all that sort of stuff. 
Well, let's uh, let's let's swing it uh, in the direction of board games a little bit. Um, so one thing I can say is that I've played some games that are what I would consider to be sort of RPG adjacent games that are about building up characters over a period of um, games rather than just you know a one game. Uh, so I'd be interested to know um, probably from G Money and um, Dave first, like what board games give you somewhat of a of a rpg feel when you're playing them um for me um i really enjoy the sort of storytelling based games of like gloomhaven pandemic legacy sleeping gods things like Mm. that yeah but secretly i like more the potential for storytelling in games like nemesis this war of mine and twilight imperium because they don't actually have a function inside the game to tell a story, but they're so rich, you can create your own narrative. Yeah, right. That's what I really like. Yeah. And a big part of d and is, is gearing up and getting your, your character equipped with magical items and you know stuff to make you better um, and gaining skills. So things like Gloomhaven really mirrors a lot of that sort of stuff like you get your gear that stays with your character and you earn your skills and or you get your extra cards that increase your abilities and make sure that you're more powerful but they're limited use like one of the big things with dnd is you've got spell slots which is amount of times you can use that ability per day in the game right. um gloomhaven matches that really well that you can only use that card a couple of times and either gets permanently discarded or yeah. goes cycles through your deck and you lose it forever um, so like any sort of role play game that you've ever played really covers that things like massive darkness, even is a really throwaway version of it. You get gear, you do some stuff. It's cool. Then you sort of reset it and we're back to zero. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Shane? Is there games that you feel like are, and then maybe we'll mention a couple and team money and Dave can be like, nah, what are you talking nah, about? Yeah. You're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look for me, definitely Gloomhaven. Um, where you're building that character up, uh, role player as well. Uh, yeah, for right. me, it was kind of like my entry level into that RPG world where you're building attributes of your character uh, using dice. Um, but I think I, I agree with G, um, and that is this War of Mine is just amazing where you actually feel that emotion of that character and, you know, you've got a young child walking up to your door and he's got... You know he's he's affected with uh, with some kind of cold or flu, and you know you guys have got health. You know you're really healthy inside your camp. Do you let this young young fella in and try and use your last med kit to to heal him, mm. or do you say see you later, slam the door in the head, in their face, and say enjoy the rest of your short life? So um, yeah, it's uh, that that to me is with this war of minds that that piece. Every time I've let that child in, too, by the way. And little buggers <laughs> gone out and stolen everything off me, taken all my food and ran away. So, yeah, I was going to say there was a right answer to your question and a wrong answer to your question. <laughs> yes. Every time, just, every time I've been wrong. Yeah, harping back to Gloomhaven, there's always that uh, road road event that's like there's someone that could use your help, although they're pretty weak and no one's around, and you are a mercenary. So, do you do you do the right thing and protect them, or did you do the the right thing? And I like, them off and take their money. <laughs> and I like how Gloomhaven weaves in more of those events when you when you have more characters. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like it actually, you yeah. run into an old friend or yeah. something. Yeah. Like when you you defeat the if you if you keep the dragon alive, there's an event where you get surrounded and it kills all of the people for you and yeah, saves right. you, and you get like fifty gold each for it. Oh, no, I killed that dragon. God yeah. damn it. Oh, spoilers, G-Money, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if, yeah I think the Statue of Limitations on Gloomhaven spoilers have expired now. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but it's one of those things, like any of those games where there's a campaign element, it starts to blur into RPG because that's, that's the whole thing with it is the more you play it, the more your character grows, the more abilities and skills you have, and actually the more stuff you can do. Like if you're playing a campaign game, that they've kind of tried to replicate a lot of that. Yeah. That you get stuff every week, you know, or every session or every you know, mission that you play, and your character grows and your ability to do stuff grows. What about uh, what about something like Pandemic Legacy? Is that a bit of an RPG type? I've I've never played it, so it tells a good know. story. It tells an okay story. Yeah. Are you building your character along the way or not really? Yeah. Well you get your bit, yeah. yeah, you get your your perks and stuff like your You get new characters for sort of <laughs> You get more role. Maybe more you roles. do, maybe you don't. Whoops. Um, I think statute of limitations might be up better than these. But no, you, you get spice you tomorrow, get, Steve. <laughs> you get positive and negative things that impact your character in future games. That's a very light version of yeah. RPG. Oh, it's incredibly um, light, yeah. I got a game that says it's an RPG game, uh, and I guess it, it by definition it is because you're continually building up your character over a series of uh, scenarios, which would be too many bones. Uh, now, if I was to guess, I would say that Gloomhaven does it better, but uh, because I feel like the story is a little bit more disjointed in too many bones, like it's a bit like the deck, the event deck is randomized, so there's no flowing feel to the story. But at least with the character progression. That'd be like a similar, similar to a, uh, an RPG style character development. I um, I wouldn't ever want to sort of say to people what is and isn't a role play game. I think mm. it's personal, personal choice. Like, if you're having fun with it and you're enjoying the experience, go ahead and call it a role play game. Yeah, fair cool. Like, and there's so yeah. many PC games or like video games of role play games. Just you do what you like, like. You know, there's there's a root RPG that I've got recently and I'm actually pretty excited to play. And in that, you play a character who's a vagabond and you basically build a preset character based on some of the root um, char- like archetypes, like the cats and the birds and stuff like that. But you play an RPG in the root environment. Yeah, right. So th- there's a lot of crossover with that mm. sort of thing. I saw that there's a Return to Dark Tower RPG that was recently on Kickstarter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm really excited. I've just backed the Monty Python one. Oh, that was like I have nothing to, like like I said. I've not done much RPG before, but I was so disappointed that wasn't a board game. So I'm very keen yeah. to hear how that was. How yeah, that was. I've just upgraded to the pledge level that has the coconuts as one of the stretch goals. <laughs> so you get your coconuts, which are actually like dice trays, but you can click them together. They're plastic. <laughs> it's gonna be oh, that's brilliant. So I just um I just actually googled the top. Uh, 100 RPGs of all time, and um, so the 10, 10 to one: The Witcher, The Wild Hunt, Vagrant Story number nine, Diablo two number eight, Secret Manor number seven, Planetscape Torment number six. Hang on, we're talking video games here. Yeah, right? we've, we've, we've slightly, games, we've slightly yeah, shifted yeah. out, and The Witcher three being number one is correct. Yeah, no, that was number ten. Oh, is that number, number 10? ten? Yeah. Then they're incorrect. Chrono Trigger is number one. Yeah, no, is. that's fair enough. Chrono oh, Trigger yeah. is pretty yeah, good. It's, it's Final pretty Fantasy good. VII is, I'm guessing, somewhere in yeah. there. 
Yeah, should be. Uh, final, yeah, six is number two. Oh, six. What? Okay. Yeah, no. No, that's fair. No. Wrong. Pokemon Yellow is number four. Oh, yeah. Get, yep. GTFO. No, that Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon Yellow is amazing. <laughs> Everyone's and done wh- full Pokemon runs. And WoW is number five, because I know you boys both love WoW, so. Well, I spend a very large portion of my youth playing WoW, and... Yeah, highly recommend for anybody that's looking for that RPG experience. There's nothing like it. Um, and to the point that I base one of my D&D characters as a druid around my WoW character as a druid. So if you are a board gamer who uh, is, I, I guess, your stereotypical board gamer, so you like a lot of the games that are in the BGG Top 10, so games like Gloomhaven and Jaws of the Lion and Pandemic Legacy, um, and probably War of the Ring as well. You'd probably throw that one in there. But is there a good argument to say that if you're into those games, then you should really just give RPGs a go because if you like that kind of character development, you're going to love it on another level? I would advocate anyone to give it a go if they feel comfortable doing it. Literally anyone. Like We, we had a campaign going for a little while where it was five older friends of mine that I was friends with high school and their wives, and we'd cycle through Bill's houses have a home-cooked dinner, and then play a role-play campaign. Like yeah, Anybody it's... can play role-play at any level. It's just how much you want to get into it and how, really, how stupid you want to be or how serious you want to be. Yeah, cool. It can yeah. be scary because typically introverted people are the, are the stereotypical sort of person that would play mm. know, a role-play game. And it's yes. difficult to go out into public and meet other people at times. But um, yeah, like-minded, if you can find some like-minded people, give it a shot. Yeah, nice. And, and look, I actually did enjoy it. Just don't mention it to my wife. Well, what you need to do is just not play D&D and then that's a game master, not a dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Did I say that right? You did. That was 100% <laughs> correct. Kudos to me. Bingo. <laughs> Uh, on that note, yeah. I want to just, well, we, yeah. might, uh, we might end the RPGs there on that cracking yeah. high and move straight into board games because I feel like I know a little bit more about my stuff <laughs> talking about just uh, board games. So um, it's been a few weeks since we've done this, guys. Like, what, what have you actually been playing lately? What's what's on the table? <laughs> I played a fair bit of Six Nymphed lately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a great game. <laughs> well, yeah, it was pretty good at the pub the other night, but less good in... A full player count. What do we have? Nine? Nine. Oh, it's just mental. Yeah. Yeah. It was nine people and we sort of like, we had to teach as well. I'm like, oh, this, yeah, a bit too much. <laughs> it was too much. But yeah, quite a good sort of light game. I think I prefer Skull. If we're playing with like big groups of people, Skull mm. was definitely better than Six Nymphed. Yeah, that's fair. Have you guys ever played Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza? Yep. I play it with, um, I play it with kids at work. Oh yeah, it's great. Like it's there's nothing. It's basically just advanced snap. Um, but yeah, it's it's we've been playing that a bit. We just got the Christmas version for Christmas. We sat the Christmas tree today, um, nice. and it's like you know, Seb's had a bleeding finger because he snapped at the same time Helen did, and she cut him with his, her nails. And um, <laughs> like, it's violent. It's just great. Like it's there's um, blood involved. That's the first yeah. time officially, I think. Yeah. And it's it's like, but it's you're playing this ridiculous game, and it's everyone does the same thing. The first sort of seven or eight hands, um, people are just like, oh yeah, ha ha, taco, yeah, cat, whatever. Oh, you, I did the wrong sign for groundhog, or whatever it is. Yeah, by the end of it, 
they're like furious if they it's because they're so close to winning and whenever when someone wins they're like come on like it's a real yeah it's, Layton, it's a good experience you at moment yeah that's yeah, exactly well. right <laughs> i've been playing a few games lately and um we played played endless endless winter played it a few times now really good enjoying that mm. um i finally played splendor and uh i ended up buying it um and played it taught it the other night to 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 my family and um uh both both max and, and lauren loved it they thought this is one of the really good games that you know that i've ever played you know i've played with them in a long while so mm. um but then but we, we played scout as well um and by the way i, I think i butchered the rule there dg in that oh you screwed it i screwed it <laughs> Maybe you should have had a scout of the rules before you played uh, it. I'll fix that next time we play it. What uh, did you do? What was wrong? Uh, well, you know, I was saying, like, if you had a three of a kind, hmm. a, a higher pair could beat it. Yep. Yeah, no. Nah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Higher three of a kind needs to beat it or a four of a kind. <laughs> right. Which Basically, kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that bad. But it, it, and that's the thing, like... It's scout is such a game you could butch the rules, but we still have fun. So, um, mm. and uh, what else we played? DG we played Bear Raid. That was a great, yeah, oh, that's a great game. So we played we played City of Big Shoulders. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, we can. Yeah, <laughs> well, I feel like every episode so far we've talked about City of Big City Shoulders. Podcast. Well, I'm glad to hear that Shane played it after he sold it. Yeah. And that's why I sold it because I only ever play it with DG or, or G. So, and it was a really good game, very enjoyable last night. So we we, we all we all learnt from Dave as well how to play. And it I'm assuming Dave came home with a, a rousing victory. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> crushed them, mercilessly crushed them. He did. Sent them scattered. Heard the lamentations of their women. Uh, and I felt really bad because I was actually trying to lose. Can't win a teach. Can't win a teach. <laughs> DG. It's like, oh, what, uh, did you like do a random strategy that you never usually do? Yep. And then it worked really well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad because I laughed at Phil because he made like he made a terrible move at some stage. He's like, oh, I'm like, ha! And then he stared at me really like dull eyed. I'm like, oh, I feel really bad now. <laughs> here's, yeah, we had, here's we had chips. We had two new players as well that actually learnt that game. So, and they, they both did really well. Um, yeah, they did. You know, it's a it's just such a good game, and I really enjoy playing it now. And um, needless to say, I must say kudos to uh, the the gentleman that taught us the first game of the day. And Grant, you were there for it. What's your thoughts on side real confluence? Um, it seemed pretty good. It was a fun engine builder game. With a lot of social interaction, I, I thought it was pretty good. What did oh, you think about it, Shane? I fucking hated it. I hated it. <laughs> Seriously, if I ever have to play that game again, no. I'll, I'll, I'll do a Steve and say my tyres have just gone flat. I need to take my car home, drive on a flat tyre to get it home. Because, <laughs> wow, I, you know. It, it, you know the the guy did actually do a good teach. I'll give him that credit. And um, but I was halfway through, and I went seriously. We're only halfway through this game. This was meant to be a quick game, 
and it was right. literally I don't know four hours. G. Well, I I was I came in like maybe halfway through it, and it was still like three hours. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh wow! Is it meant to be that long? Like I I watched you guys for like an hour. I didn't know what was going on. Oh man. I would, like rather, I would have game, rather. I would have rather. I would have rather watched, to be honest here, because um, yeah. it got around to you know, everyone was negotiating. And the need the negotiation piece needs to have a time limit. Like you need to set a clock, five minutes to negotiate. Well, even five minutes is too long. Three minutes to negotiate, and you're done. Um, half the time I'm sitting there going, "Okay, we want to negotiate with you." No, no, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to run my engine. Yeah, right. Don't negotiate yeah. with me. But seriously. <laughs> That game, and and literally, like you're meant to convert these mission cards that are meant to upgrade your points. I didn't upgrade any point. I upgraded all my mission cards, but no points. Yeah, but you got nine. The winner was like fifty something. I know we got nine points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was while you were playing. I was like, not getting many points. Bold strategy. Let's see how that works out for him. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to play it again. Yeah, right. Dumb, dumb game. I, I no theme. A, I... Absolutely no theme. How many? How many charity parties out of five? Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I, I don't prefer. Know. It's actually a chart. Party. It's like my yeah. excitement versus the length of the game. And anyway, um, got to say, played... charity party is on the way. Like uh, I've ordered one. Store, sorry, I have soul. you really? Yeah, mm. that is what. That's the definition of having too much money, right there. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a photo and I'm going to write Steve on it somehow. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry for the designers of side compliments or as I call it, <laughs> shit real confusion. Uh, <laughs> it's the dumbest game I've played. I'm sorry. There you go. Well, I played oh. a game yesterday that I didn't like as well. Um, and yesterday was my birthday. So it was a good opportunity to force my family to play board games with me. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Steve. for yesterday, Thank mate. You. Thank you. Um it's, it's funnily enough, uh, today is the one year anniversary of the day that my dad ran into a rock wall and totally fucked himself up and ended up. In I remember. I was there too. <laughs> yeah, we were yes. all there. Yeah. We were all there. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, we played uh, years ago. My son and I were down in Melbourne to watch Australia play USA in a basketball game, and we went along to the Games Lab board game store in um, Melbourne, and they had Smash Up on the table. So I thought, oh, this looks like a fun game that me and I think it was like nine at the time, my nine-year-old would play. So we learned the game. We played it. We're like, oh, it was all right. It wasn't that great. We got a friend of mine a few about a year later was like, it's really good with more players. Like two players is not good. You've got to have three or four players. Well, we played that yesterday with four players. And the way I look at it is when winter comes, I've got something to start my fire with. That game is shite. So I don't know if anyone else like smash up and I've just upset people. But man, like it's called Smash Up and it's so slow because you're just like, I'm going to play this, which then uh, I, I, whenever someone does something here, blah, 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 this happens. And then you go to the next and you forget what's on the cards because there's four other places you got to go. Oh, I just was like, everyone at the table was like, can't wait for this to end. So I looked at Smash Up and I thought, it looks like King of Tokyo. Is that anything like it? Nah, 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 it's, not, right. nah. it's all card play. So you got these like places on the board. Like, I can't remember what they call them, but there's like places. But there's one more than the amount of players. So we're playing a four-player game. We had five of these places, and every card has a value. And when the value of all the cards on a place equal the total of the place, then you get the victory points from that place. 
Um, but your cards are like minions in action. So your minions might, you know, you get to exterminate someone, some other, someone else's minion and you're just trying to have the total, you know, the most amount of points in each area. But the, the area is the best one we came across gave us four points for winning it. And the game goes until the first person gets to 15 points. And it just seemed like, is this ever going to happen? Like, come on, this is supposed to be a fighting game. I expected it to be a bit more snappy. And so, yeah, that's, um, if anyone's looking for a copy of Smash Up, get in touch because uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll happily pass that one on. <laughs> you know what, Steve? I'd much rather play that than listen to someone negotiate for five fucking minutes on how to get a yellow cube. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) And that was you. (laughs) No, I was done. I was done after the first 30 seconds. I'm ready to run my engine. Let's go. Well, Well, Shane, funnily enough, the other games that I played are very similar to you, man. We played Splendor. It's a bit of a family favorite, so I thought I'd start with that one to get a run in the mood. And then we played Endless Winter for the first time. Mm. Um, And let me tell you, when you've got a 9-year-old and a 12-year-old playing that game... Wow, that's heavy. You, you got to nail your teach, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it would, took us a while, and then we we played the first season or whatever it's called, like the, after the first eclipse. Then yeah, we yeah. stopped for lunch and we came back and played the next three. And like, even though the game only went for about two hours, because we stopped for lunch, it just the kids were a little bit over it towards the end. So, but um, yes, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that out with the kids again. But Helen and I seem to, I, I quite oh. enjoyed it. Mate, kudos to your children. That's mm. have are you DG and G, have you played that one yet? No, I haven't yet. It's really good. It's it's what do you reckon, Shane? It's pretty simple with yeah. a lot going on. Like it's a bit of a strange combination, but it's like you've only got four actions you can take. But those actions you can lead you to four completely different paths to victory. And you can absolutely balls up an action as well and you yep. ruin your whole round. Yeah, so um, it's simple enough, but it's just, it's got a bit of meat there for some. Yeah, very enjoyable. I really, I just want to play it again. I said to Helen, I said we need to pull this out next weekend because if I don't play it for a month, I'm gonna it'd be like I'm learning the game new. Or and she won, yeah. she won with ninety points. And when we've got the, I don't know if you have got the neoprene play map, but it goes to one hundred and eighty, and then you flip your token over, um, to add a hundred. So I'm like. I don't think 90 is a very good score, and she won by like 20. So I reckon there's a lot of more, lot more for us to learn in that game. I've played it with the neoprene mat and without it. And, um, yeah, it, it, when you look at the neoprene mat, you can see that 180 points. You're thinking, how the hell is someone going to get 180 points in this game? Yeah, 100%. It's, so it's, you're, you also haven't got anywhere near that? It's not just us. No, we're near it. Nope. Nope. Okay, that's good to know. Well, the game we played this week was Frostpunk, which – arrived as a kickstarter okay um and so g money and i played last monday and did not do very well (laughs) we died very easily it was turn two i think we actually died like it was just horrific yeah it was turn two yeah turn two um so there's in the game you have to actually make shelters for your people and we overlooked that in the teach, which we're all actually reading from the rule book. None of us actually had any idea to play it. So I screwed us and we didn't make shelters and everybody froze to death pretty early on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think G-Money went and had another game of it, but we got another game lined up for tomorrow, actually. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, keen to see how it goes. How does it go two-player? Because isn't that like a solo game that you could share the experience as a two-player game? 
Well, we played with four and everybody got a job. Um, and okay. there's a massive a double-sided A4 sheet on how to do your job. Wow. And right. so while I'm trying to teach, I'm like, here's everybody's job. And it still didn't help. Like the game is a beast. Right. A, so, so if you were playing solo, it. you'd have to have your head around all four of those roles. Well, yeah, I don't know how the solo less, works. It's less a role. It's more just keeping track of the things in the game. Yeah, right. The the roles don't have any unique actions. Okay. So, so, am I right, G, that you said it's kind of like this War of Mine, but instead of a house, you're in charge of a city? Yeah, that's one way of looking at it, I think. Is that what you said last yeah, time? Yeah, that's, that's what I sort of viewed it as, was that instead, yeah. of, instead of a house and going out and exploring, it's more building a city, um, exploring, like trying to find other settlements and stuff like that. And depending upon the scenario, so. Is there any horrific deaths? Um, no, I don't think there's a, there's no like sort of that I've seen. There's no like, this was this character and they died and there was a bit of dialogue about how they died. Yeah, okay. The general gist for our game was people froze and got sick. And then because so many people got sick, lots of bad things happened. Righto. So yeah, in a game like Frostpunk, Frost, called Frostpunk, I guess you'd, Kind of expect that to be a concern mm. if everyone got fr- frozen. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh, the so the was that it though? Like, play died in round two and didn't pick it up again, or did you? Like, obviously, G money did, but did you? Is that your only experience, Dave? Yeah, it's still set up. Like, I've had it on my table all week. I actually meant to get back to a solo game and try and learn it a bit better, mm. but no. So it's still set up for tomorrow, actually. Um, but the the actual production of it is fantastic. Like, the base game has got wooden trees and then there's a miniature expansion which has plastic trees and these things are like two inches high like they are fantastic mini so the the production on the actual game is amazing even at the base game level there's about eight different side boards um, as well as the tiles as well as the central generator thing and it's yeah it's unreal one of the best productions i've ever seen I wonder if there's a um a soundtrack. What's that? There's yeah, there is. There, there is. is. Really? Yeah, you can play in the background. Melodice. Yeah. Yeah, Melodice, yeah. that's it. Pretty sure there is one, yeah. Yeah, wow, that feels Well, because it's based on the video game, so the video game has a legit soundtrack. So just on Melodice real quick, because this is I, I, I just I did something a couple of years ago and I was on Melodice yesterday when we were playing or some game I thought I would check on Melodice. And I just went back and checked on this game because it was funny. So, you know, Shipwrights of the North Sea, the first North Sea yeah. game. Yeah. Um, it wasn't Never very well it. received. And, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, anyway, I was playing it with my brother once. And um, there's a card in there called The Weavers. And every time The Weavers come up, I just kept singing that song by Live, Shit Town, <laughs> where the first line is, you know, The Weavers. The Weavers. Down the street. Yeah. 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 So I went on to Melodice and there's zero songs for Shipwrights of the North Sea. So I added Shit Town, which like if you don't know that song and you come across that playlist, you're just going to be like, what the hell? And I checked it yesterday and it is still the only song on the Shipwrights of the North Sea Melodice. (laughs) We were playing Frostpunk and um, someone was going like, oh, we've got to do this for the cause. And I was like, Wait, is that that Irish? <laughs> is that that Irish sibling band? Are they in this game? Zom- the, the cranberries. <laughs> so, uh, and I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything else otherwise. Now I have to save the Irish siblings. Of course. Yeah. 
Uh, brilliant. I love that stuff. Uh, and I'm sad faced because I took Wayfarers and I set it oh. all up and no one would play it with me. Shane was so disappointing when he left. Uh, and I'm not pointing anything. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was angry because again, my birthday, I was going to like force people to play games with me, and I knew Wayfarers was supposed to arrive on Friday, and Australia Post decided that Townsville was closer to Emerald, and so instead of coming across from Rocky to Emerald, it's now in Townsville all weekend. So I'll get that yeah. mid next week. Very frustrating. Yeah, Joe's got all of our group ply coming next week. Ah, uh, cool, awesome. Uh, did Looks anyone great, get, though, did anyone get a um, notification from Armalo Fulfillment, which is usually Roxley Games? Oh, actually, I know what that is now. Don't worry, carry on. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a roller coaster, Steve. Answer your question. It was because uh, I, I, yeah, uh, Armalo, like they mainly only deal Roxley Games, and I'm like, I haven't ordered anything from Roxley, but then I remembered I got that Santa versus Krampus dice drone set. That must be one oh, of those. Perfect time for Christmas. Yeah, that's right. There you go. I was hoping it was Frosthaven. No offense to Dice Throne, but I was hoping it was Frosthaven. Oh, you wouldn't be that Frost- lucky. It is getting delivered through North America, isn't it? Yeah, there's it people is. with yeah, it, it they're unboxing it and stuff like that. Yeah. The box is bigger than Gloomhaven. We're all uh, well, that. actually, one last thing um, about uh, RPG games, and specifically Gloomhaven, and I can't, can't obviously say much, but G Money, mm. I finished it. Are you finished kidding? what? Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Yeah. yeah. You beat the gloom. I beat the gloom. So yep. I'm ready for Frosthaven now. I've done, mm. done Jaws of Lion, done Gloomhaven. I'm ready for Frosthaven. Did you see that um, when you retire in Frosthaven, the characters make their own building in Frosthaven? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. I've done my usual back it and not look at anything yeah. until it turns up to my door. The, the go back to Frosthaven step is like seven steps. Yeah, right. So, like, you know, when you go back to Gloomhaven, you do, yeah, like, yeah. a city event, and then you go again, you go shopping. There's, like, six steps now. You can build buildings, train your defenses. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, people who retire open a permanent building in Glo- in Frosthaven. It's going to be it's gonna be excellent. Yeah. I must admit, I've got Gloomhaven on Steam, and I think I just need to find a few people and to, you know, start a campaign together and just try and finish it. Well, I understand there's a bit of a group going, Shane. I'm not a part of that group. I'm on the outer. No, neither am I. Well, you oh. can join. Might, be, might have to start our own group. Yeah, let's see that. Let's do that. One with an Fuck untwistable stomach. Fuck the other group. We'll just start our own. <laughs> it's a bit of a strange group. True, Liam. Uh, I, 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 I don't really know how it all came together. you remember how it came together, G-Money? Because it's like Thomas Magic. from Germany, Liam, who's a legend from Brizzy, he is. And, and then Thomas. and then like Joe, G Money, me, Thomas's partner Sabine. Like I don't think like obviously Thomas and Sabine uh, are excluded from this, but I don't know if the other four of us have ever really been in the same room at the same time ever. I'm I'm not really sure Thomas even exists, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our German correspondent. Yeah. From so. episode one. Yeah. Uh all right, so we talked about games that we play. We talked about RPGs. What's the sorry, G Money? Yeah. Did you know that there is a uh, Street Fighter RPG? Yeah. Have you played it? No. <laughs> yeah. But I would name my character Ken, so I could say, "How do you do, Ken?" All the time. I'm guessing and that's I'd get a quote from and Street Fighter Two movie. It's Hadouken. Hadouken. How do you do, Ken? Oh my god! How did I miss that? Ah. 
I got to pay more attention, Dukin. I would get kicked out of the first session. <laughs> Sorry uh, to cut you off there, Steve. No, no, that's fine. I, it was it was well worth it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, okay. So we've talked about games that have turned up. We've talked about games that we've been playing. Um, what? Like we got a couple. We got a month and a bit before the end of the year. I'm guessing the answer is going to be Wayfarers for everyone. So let's park that. What's the game that you are antici- mostly anticipating hitting the doorstep before the end of the year? Wayfarers. Yeah, we know that. Uh, What's the either, second favourite? Um, no, G-Man has already got it and it looks fantastic. It. Yeah, he's got it. Jerk. Um, <laughs> Bardwood Grove. Does Bardwood Grove get here before the end of the year? I've got no idea. And also... It, hasn't that already fulfilled like yeah. six months ago? What about Weather Machine? Ooh. Is Weather Machine getting here soon? It should be. Why are you asking me these questions? I don't know your answers. I'm, I'm, I've not, got I'm your, not asking I've you. I've got your copy coming. And you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job. I'm the host, man. You're going to give me yeah. answers. <laughs> they, those are my answers. Yeah, weather machine should be coming by the end of the year, G. W- whether it gets here or not is another question. Uh... Lol, hacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to have to say Wayfarers. So. Sorry. <sighs> I've got nothing uh, else coming by the end of the year, so. The Darkest Dungeon. I got a thing for The Darkest Dungeon, and it was a, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a PC game. It's a sort of side-scrolling, again, RPG-style game, um, but very unique artwork, very sort of like early 20th century, like punk sort of stuff. I don't know. It, it's hard to see, but if you haven't played The, the dungeon, Darkest Dungeon PC game, the board game version looks fantastic the minis are identical to the pc game it looks great so i'm very excited for that it should be here fairly soon cool i did get uh, the bloody inn for my birthday so i'm very keen mm-hmm. to learn how to play that because that looks um looks like a lot of fun what what could go wrong with uh, a game about making a killing your guests and stealing their money uh, while running a motel Seems and then like burying them yeah burying them in a little hole and I got the, the Carnies expansion as well, which is just great. Oh, like yeah, every nice. game should have a Carnies expansion. Yeah. Small folk smell like cabbage, you know. Yeah. Little hands. Small hands. hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we might uh, wrap up the show there, but I, I think I've got a job to do. Right, I got to come up with the. You got to come up with the topic. Well, it's one that you have to be involved in next time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm don't like, make it hard like role play games. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I've actually got one, and it's uh, it's yeah because we're a board game podcast, right? So of course, allegedly, going to be really? about music. Um, <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, perfect. <laughs> Movies, so, and sports, and music. Yeah. I've been I've been thinking about this one for a couple of weeks, not necessarily with this show in mind, but just in general because I've I'm over forty. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, dude, yeah. Um, I'm over 40, which means all music sucks now because I grew up in the golden era of music in the 90s. Um, oh, no, um, no, that's the 80s. I'm sorry. No, uh, definitely 90s. Yeah. So um, now I think I can definitively for at least a week say what my number, my top 10 songs of all time are. Okay. Um, it's a freaking hard list to put together, but at least there's, Jesus Christ! I know there's going to be nothing that comes out between now and then that's going to go anywhere near my list. Top um, ten songs? Are you serious? That's yeah. The topic? Yeah. Fuck. How how subjective is that list going to be? That's like that's just fantastic. It'll be it'll be different an hour Look, after the show finishes. All I can say is get ready to hear some random shit. I like it. Let's do it. 
All right. Well, we all good with that? Yeah, Top 10 yeah, yeah. songs of all time? Absolutely. Yep. I've already done mine. Know it. <laughs> what? That's, that was really quick, Shane. Oh, mate, uh, I'm into vinyl. You, you know I'm into vinyl and um, music's oh, yeah. my thing. So I, I know yeah, my you, top 10 albums. I know my top 10 songs of all time. But you can't just be the guy that hasn't changed his taste in 30 years. Like you need I, to am, come that up with I am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this week I'm actually going to see the I'm Black Crows. I'm going to see the Black Crows at the Trifford. The Black Crows? They are in wow. Australia right now. So wow. for anyone that wants to ticket, get there to see them, do the shake your money, make a tour. So we're going to be all sweating over our list for the next week. Shane's just going to read them off the tattoo he's got on his left arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, there you have it. So we'll do that Thanks, next Shane. week. Thanks for the night, guys. Always a pleasure. It's always yep. a pleasure, boys. Um, Thank you, everyone. We'll see if we can get another guest host. If if you are someone who listens to the show, and God bless you, because there's one of the of three you. people, that's right, uh, and not related to any of the cast members, um, <laughs> and you think, hey, it'd be fun to get on there and talk <laughs> shit with these guys, then let us know because that's what we want. We don't, like the only reason I'm hosting tonight, literally, is because we couldn't find anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, actually, Lauren did say she would host the show one night. So there you go. Oh, well, yeah. music, you know, it's a pretty broad topic. Yeah, that's uh, right. So uh, yeah, let us know because the the idea, the whole idea, well, one of the big ideas of this show, at least, is very much to have people come in and host, and um, yeah, have kind a of run the show for us rather than us be the ones to direct it. So yeah, yeah. But with that, thanks for the night, guys. We'll catch up on the next one. Thanks, boys. Have a great week. All right. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I will. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we could, like, there's not many, but you could also, we could also go into like music themed games. That'd be hard. I can't even think of any. Hughes and clues, mate. Is it Hughes and Cues? Isn't that colour? It's colour. Yeah, but whatever. Shane, Steve doesn't know. He's colour blind. <laughs> wow. Oh, not theme. I've never heard someone be like, I'm wrong. I'm going to attack the person who told me I'm wrong so quickly. <laughs> Is it green, blue, or pearl gem? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, fuck you, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Uh, Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs>